people of God had been in exile, they're coming home to Jerusalem. They see the steps leading into the temple, and as they ascend each one, they pray and give praise to God. They teach us how to pray and praise God in difficult times. Join us for this series every Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. Well, hey there. I am uh, filming this on a uh, Tuesday after what seemed like endless days of rain and cold. And though it's a little windy today and cold outside, a good day for a cup of coffee in the afternoon. Uh, it is uh, at least a day when the sun is back out. Uh, we're looking tonight at uh, Psalm 131. We're gathered at First Baptist Church tonight at 6 o'clock, and uh, Charlie Fales is leading the teaching tonight, doing something other than Psalm 131, I am sure. And I actually had thought about uh, maybe uh, skipping tonight until I spent some time in Psalm 131, and I was captured, just really captured, by this very short psalm in the Psalm of Ascent, Psalm 131. And as the Holy Spirit began to uh, speak through this psalm and the words of this psalm and the themes and message of this psalm, I couldn't help but become very, very excited about uh, sharing this message with you. So pray for our people who are gathered tonight in the fellowship hall. We have two adult Bible studies that are meeting on Wednesday night. Our ensemble rehearses for Sunday morning. Our students meet on Wednesday night. And then our children, our wonderful children, led by some incredible adults, meet for mission friends, the preschoolers, the young women meet for GAs, and then the young guys led by Terry Nichols and Jason Brown will meet for GMUD, Godly Men Under Development. So pray for them, and let's pray together for ourselves as we gather tonight under Psalm 131. Father, we thank you for this opportunity and we know that uh, technology that has been such a blessing to us in these days is often criticized and condemned because like every good gift that you've given, and you indeed are the giver of every good and perfect gift, but like every good gift that you have given to us, we can, in our sinfulness, we can exploit these good gifts for gain, for that which is far from good, we can turn that which can be used so beautifully into that which can become so ugly. And yet, God, that does not mean that we should not uh, employ these gifts in the service of the gospel. I wonder how we would have functioned during these days of COVID-19, particularly in the early days and gathering on not only Wednesday night and Sunday night, but Sunday morning, I wonder how we would have functioned without 
this technology you have given us and the men and women you have raised up to help us use this technology. I know how to turn on my computer here at my house. I know how to get to the program that I use only because somebody showed me how to do it. I know how to record this and uh, send it to the people who put it on the website and so forth, make it available to the people who are watching. And so, God, we thank you for this avenue of being able to gather together under your word. Bless tonight through the presence and power of your Holy Spirit and help us to hear by that same spirit the incredible message, the beautiful message of Psalm 131. We thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen to this very short psalm and think with me tonight for just a few moments on the subject, the focus of contentment. The focus of contentment. O oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and I have quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Now I want to uh, caution you at the beginning that Though there are only three stanzas in this psalm, do not let the size of this psalm fool you. It is a full psalm, and it is forceful. Uh, two themes intersect in this psalm. The theme of contentment and the theme of focus so that this psalm really is all about the focus of contentment. We know that, at least in the New Testament, the word that we translate contentment, a very, very important word, is found only one time in the entirety of the New Testament. Uh, Paul uses this word that we translate contentment in Philippians chapter 4. So if you have your Bible or your copy of the Word of God, turn with me to Philippians. And let's listen to what uh, Paul says here about contentment. And let's learn something about this powerful little word. Philippians chapter 4, we'll begin reading in verse number 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received or you have revived your concern for me. 
You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In every and any circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and facing hunger, of facing abundance and facing need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now here we have a definition and a description of the word for contentment. And out of that definition and description, we have a declaration. So what is contentment? Uh, This unique word, used only one time in the New Testament, really has to do with sufficiency. It has to do with what we need as human beings that is not only urgent and not only important, but is of necessity if we would have a sense of sufficiency. That sense of sufficiency means that we can have everything or we can have nothing. The the cabinets can be filled with food or they can be empty of food. The clothes closet can have a wardrobe for every season or it can have nothing. But that does not have any direct impact on our sufficiency because our sufficiency doesn't come from the circumstances around us. The situation we find ourselves in, no matter what it is, it doesn't come from the feelings that are within us. Our sufficiency comes from the God who made us, the Savior who redeemed us, the spirit who indwells us and the one who rules over us as Lord. Our sufficiency is in God so that the declaration is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The declaration is not about our ability It's not about what we set our minds to do and Christ comes along and helps us to do it. That is a woeful, woeful misunderstanding and misapplication of this significant verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In the original language uses uses one term twice in two different senses, to enable and to empower. I am enabled. That is, any ability I have comes from God. And I am empowered. Any power I have comes from God. I am enabled and empowered from God 
to be and to do all that God enables and empowers me to be and to do. My sufficiency is not in what I want to be and what I want to do. My sufficiency is in God. Here is the focus of contentment. The focus of contentment is satisfaction in God alone. That he is all that we need. Uh, We don't find contentment in other people. We're delighted that God has put other people in our lives. We're delighted that we have brothers and sisters in the family of faith at FBC Waynesboro. We're delighted that we have friends that we've known for years and we share life together with them, but we don't find our contentment in them. Contentment doesn't come from people. It doesn't come from places. Though there are important places in our lives that enhance our contentment. It doesn't come from things. It doesn't come from activities. It doesn't come from events. It doesn't come from seasons of the year. The focus of contentment is beyond us and above us and yet within us by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Above and beyond us in the sovereign God within us through the gift of his Holy Spirit so that our sufficiency is in God. And that means that we see ourselves in a proper perspective. We understand who we are and why we're here in the light of who God is and what God has called us to be and to do. So let's look now at Psalm 131 in the light of what we are taught by Paul in Philippians 4 about contentment. And let's see the right focus for the contented person. What are the elements of a right focus? What must we have to have a right focus in order to be content? We must have a heart, he tells us, that is not lifted up. We must have eyes that are not raised too high. And we must have a life or a mind and a soul that are not reaching beyond the call of God upon our lives. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. Now the heart is the center of the will. It is that place from which we make our decisions that determine the direction of our lives and To say that my heart is not lifted up is to simply say, I do not want to go beyond where you are calling me to go. I do not want to be beyond what you're calling me to be. I am content where I am. If where I am is where you want me to be. 
but I am not trying to move beyond where I am to any higher level, whatever that means in your life, until I sense that is the place to which you are calling me. So someone else is at a higher place. So someone else is in a better position. So someone else has a greater status. I'm content. My heart is not lifted up. Secondly, we have the right focus when our eyes are not raised too high. We don't look beyond where God is leading us to go. Our heart is centered on God. Our eyes are looking toward him. We know that we have in God everything that we need. He is our help. He is our hope. He is our shield. He is our strong tower. He is our redeemer. He is our righteousness. He is the one who loves us and loves us steadfastly and perseveringly. He is our Lord. He is the one who is guarding us and guiding us. He is our God. Where else do we need to focus our eyes? Our eyes are focused on the one who in himself is everything that we need. Oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. And the mind of the person who is content, the soul of the person who is content is not willing to go beyond the call of God upon our lives. We are satisfied. We are settled. We are sure that God is God and that God is leading us and guiding us. He's directing our steps. We find the fullness that we need in him. You know, there are seasons in life when life is about uh, getting ahead, it's about getting more, it's about climbing the ladder, it is about the next position in the corporation, it's about the next salary raise, it's about the next addition, uh, addition to the house or the next house if we're in some kind of starter house, it's about the next automobile that we're going to drive. It's about the next promotion that we're going to achieve. All of that takes energy and effort. It takes planning. It takes strategy. You know, life is an odd thing. We get older And as we get older, we look back on those seasons in life and sometimes we cry. 
we probably should just laugh <laughs> at how silly we can be where we focus on things that do not matter and yet when we're focusing on things, those things that matter, we tend to think during that time that those are, well, those are the most important things of all. You know, I said earlier that uh, contentment is not about the place or the people or the things or circumstances or the situations, but you know what I think? I think that that in order to get focused rightly, sometimes we we all need those places in our lives that settle us. Those places to which we know we can go that bring us back into proper perspective on what is really meaningful in life. I remember the first time I went to the cove. Senior adults from our church started going to a Phil Waldrop conference at the Cove quite a few years ago. Uh, I had never been to the Cove, and so the first time they went, well, every time they went somewhere, I wanted to be on the bus. And so the first time we went to the Cove, I, I couldn't wait to go. I, I had always wanted to go to the Cove. I'd been to Ridgecrest lots and lots of times, but I had never been to the Cove. And we got to the cove and we were getting checked in. It was Christmas. The trees were up. The lights were on. The weather was cold. It was spitting snow. It was perfect. <laughs> I got to my room and I drew back the drapes in my room. I could see out upon the mountain. The snow was falling on the mountain. And over beside my bed, there was a chair and on Beside the chair was a table, and on the table was a little metal church. There was a switch near it. I turned on the switch, and lights came on in the little church. And that little chair and that little room with that little church became a place of focus for me. I would sit there late at night after the conference and read and reflect and pray. I would get up early in the morning. I bought one of those little churches. If I could turn my computer around, you could probably see it on my uh, desk here in this room, my study. That's where I sit every morning. Ever since I got that, I turn that on because it helps me to focus. I feel the same way when I get the opportunity to go to Guido Gardens in Metter. I often go there, particularly in the spring and fall, not as much in the winter, it's too cold and the summer it's too hot. <laughs> and just sit there. There's a place I, I know. I go every time. I sit in a rocking chair and I read. And I pause for my reading and pray and meditate. It helps me to focus. Special places. And my back deck at my house, I, I love it. I haven't been there on my back deck now in about six weeks because of the weather and because of the business of life, just to sit. Where is that for you? Where is it that you go where you can remember my heart? And my heart is not lifted too high. My eyes are not raised 
too high. I don't occupy my soul and mind by things that are too great for me. But here's the essence of a right focus. But, verse 2, I have calmed and quieted my soul. The idea here is rest in God. It's the idea encapsulated in the call of Jesus, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Rest comes from God. The essence of a right focus is that we find our rest in God. And out of that rest in God, we assume our responsibility before God. We rest in God in order to assume rightly our responsibility before God. Like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. A weaned child, a child moving from infancy, a child beginning to grow and to develop. This is the picture here. This is a picture of a child being fed by its mother, now being beginning to eat the food that is prepared for the child, moving toward that time when the child will prepare his own food, toward that time when the child will be a source of food for others. That's the movement of this idea. The essence of the right focus is that we rest in God, but we don't just do nothing. We assume our responsibility before God. Finally, the expression, the expression of a right focus. Now, where does contentment lead us? Well, it leads us to live our lives among the people of God. That's an inescapable truth that's found in all of Scripture. O Israel, the people of God. We assume our responsibility among the people of God. We express ourselves in worship and in work and in witness among the people of God. We do all that we do toward the future that God is producing for us and providing for us. O Israel, hope in the Lord. Hope is a future word. We, we join ourselves to the people of God. We find our rest in God and we assume our responsibility among the people of God and we press on toward the future that we have before, before us, that God has for us, and we persevere. The last words are from, from this time forth and forevermore. The expression of our contentment is to find our rest in God and to press toward the future that God has for us, knowing that God is sovereign over us and God will guard us, God will keep us, God will empower us, God will enable us. God is for us and will always be for us everything that we need. You know, God has made you and me so that we'll never find what we most need in ourselves. 
We'll never find what we most need in things. We'll never find what we most need in circumstances and situations in life. We'll never find what we most need in whatever activity we're engaged in. We'll never find what we most need in other people. God has made us so that we are designed, we are hardwired to find what we most need only in him. It's a little psalm, but it has such a large meaning now, doesn't it? Find your focus in God alone, and you will find your fullness and your fulfillment in God alone. Go to your place now that helps you find focus and get refocused. Father, thank you for this time together. Bless this time by your Holy Spirit to our encouragement as your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, brethren and sistren, see you next week.